0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA, here on another lovely spring Chico day. I'm here to educate, elucidate, entertain, and hopefully, oh, just maybe protect some of your wealth. I'm a good second opinion. In fact, I've been a CPA here locally in Chico for about 28 years running, and I always offer a free consultation for a new client, you can get a hold of me by calling uh, 895-3353. You can email me, Harold at hlittlejohn.com. I'm always happy to meet a new person, even if we don't end up really working together on anything big. I can at least give you my opinion on things. I can be a good second opinion. I do like to remind people that not everything that they hear is always in their best interest. One of the things I wanted to talk about today, and I do appreciate you spending some of your afternoon with me. I really am glad that you can do that. One of the topics today, it's related to what I've been talking about some, and what it, what it boils down to is every decade or so, and I'll get back to that in a little bit of a detail in a minute, every once in a while we get what's called an inverted yield curve. I've been mentioning that. And what I wanted to share today is that this morning, the UK in England got an inverted yield curve. Now in the U.S. I always compare the 10-year yield, which is the main one I watch. The 10-year versus the 30 would be the yield curve you'd be watching for this. The spread between those two, the normal situation in a healthy economy, is the longer-term rates are higher than the shorter-term rates. Right now, what we have is a yield curve getting ready to invert. The 10-year yield today was 3% a couple hours ago when I was able to watch a quote of that on uh, CNBC or Bloomberg. I go between those two when I get a chance to have a few laughs in the middle of the day because, like I've said before, these are fake markets. I hope you haven't uh, doubled down on all your Facebook and Tesla stock, by the way. So in the U.K., they've got an inverted yield curve. I don't know those numbers. I just heard this from a report. I'll have to verify that, but I'm sh- I don't have any reason not to believe the person who said that. But I can tell you right now that the basis point differential in the U.S. today between the 10-year and the 30-year was down to 15 basis points. So when the 10-year was 3.0, the 30-year 30 was 3.15. If and when the 10 year exceeds the 30 year, then we have an inverted yield curve. Like I said, I don't want to make this too complicated. I'm not a mathematician. But here's the bottom line the last time there were two yield, the last two yield curve inversions that happened, one was before the dot com bubble crash. And the other was before the '08 complete crash of the stock market. Now, they did precede the stock market crashes by, I believe, about 12 months. I'd have to look that up. The bottom line is this is not an indicator that says within a day or two the market's going to crash. It does say that the economy is so weak that long-term interest rates cannot rise fast enough via demand for money to exceed the shorter-term interest rates. And again, I've said, as far as the short-term interest rates, if you believe inflation's less than 3%, then you would basically be giving money away by buying a 10-year bond, earning 3%. And in my opinion, regular folks like you and I are not buying those. Unfortunately, our brokers may be, for us on our behalf. You should probably check on that. But we don't go out and buy something to earn 3% for the next 10 years. When I see things like shrinkflation, which I've discussed before, you go to the store and the package of 16 ounces that you used to buy for $5 is now 15 ounces, but it's still $5. That's called shrinkflation. So if our yield curve inverts, I would say there's a good likely chance we're headed for a major decline in a lot of indexes, which would include the stock market. Don't forget in 2008 and 9, the stock market went down about, it was at least 40%, probably 50%. You cannot leave your money sitting in something like that. Now there's a lot of other... Asset categories that have declined in value like that also one of them is what's called cryptocurrencies I've been talking about those lately. I'm going to talk a little more today about those But the point of those is that is a vehicle for making money by trading That's not a V now you could put a little bit into long-term holding on cryptos, but that world changes so often You don't necessarily want to buy cryptocurrencies and sit on them for 10 years You could, but you may lose all your money. They can go to zero. They're like paper assets. They can go to zero. Speaking of zero value paper assets, has anybody been following one of my favorite characters, and I've mentioned him before, Mr. Elon Musk, the chairman of Tesla, well, the CEO of Tesla? I just saw an article today where another unfortunate Tesla accident occurred I'm not sure if the collision happened before the fire or vice versa, but two 18 year olds died in a fiery Tesla crash, I believe early this morning in Florida. It may be because a collision with a tree disconnected something, which sparked a huge hot fire and they couldn't get out. One person was ejected from the back seat. That lucky person survived. Here's the problem and I'm not a scientist so don't quote me. I don't play one on television, but with what I've read I do know that when I if I buy and sell something that has lithium batteries from Japan or it has to go on airmail, they cannot ship lithium batteries through the mail. The reason is is that lithium batteries are like highly toxic and explosive. I'm not sure they're toxic but they burn very, very hot, and I believe they're explosive. What this Tesla car is, and I believe this was the S model, or no, it's the Model 2 that I just read about this accident. What I understand is that there's so many lithium batteries inside this thing that when they do short out and burn, they burn so hot, they just melt everything. So it's not just a quick thing that you could have a smoking engine you could jump out of the doors and maybe escape before the gas tank goes. This is like a high-temperature lithium battery fire, and my point is is that I've been talking about Mr. Musk forever, and his company is basically burning through cash at something like uh, a million dollars an hour. I'm not sure what the statistics are. I can't remember the the actual numbers. I've read a few articles. But upcoming to them, again, is they need more money. They're burning through the cash. I don't believe anything this guy has done, including this SpaceX launching and these Tesla cars, I don't believe any of the things he's done has made a profit. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'd be happy to see otherwise. This could be one of the biggest scams of all time and one of the major stocks that the... NASDAQ 100 contains and I I, don't quote me on that either I don't have a list right in front of me I'm trying not to read off of computer screens it gets boring I believe Tesla is probably in the NASDAQ 100 if not it's probably in the Dow 30 I guarantee it's in the S&P 500 but this could be a company that's worthless and the market cap is probably hundred billion dollars or some such number and if it's never made a profit, it can't produce enough cars to make a profit, and I believe the insurance companies are going to go, the insurance premiums are going to be sky high if you end up wanting to buy a Tesla Model 3, which is the, quote, affordable Tesla that I believe is still forty or $50,000, and it's on back order because they were supposed to be producing something like 5000 per week, and they can only produce 2000 per week What I'm trying to say is this is an example of paper garbage in the fake markets. And if you don't get out of this stuff soon, if you have a 401k and I'll just use round numbers, if you have a 401k worth a hundred thousand dollars, but five or 10,000 of that is in Tesla, Facebook and Netflix, what do you really have when, when things change? I believe Facebook is getting ready to be sued on all fronts due to their data selling, data sharing, uh, illegally letting people's data get sold without their permission. There's lots of trouble coming for that company, and that's one of these gigantic companies that's gone stratospheric on stock price, which is propping up things like the S&P 500. It's also, if you ever look at one of those prospectuses that you might get sent if you own a mutual fund, whether it's in your IRA or 401k, or if you just own it as an asset, flip through one of those prospectuses one of these days. What you'll see is the biggest list of stocks you've ever seen, and it always includes everything you've heard about in the news. It'll have Facebook, it'll have Apple. This is what your wealth is based on. It's not necessarily a safe investment. Brokers are in the habit of saying you're in it for the long term, don't worry about it. But a lot of these modern day companies are nothing but hot air and they've been they've had a lot of revenue lately, but things may be changing. If you read a little bit of news lately about Mr. Musk, the head of Tesla, you'll see that he's been labeled mentally unstable by some of the an- analysts that listen to the What they do is they have these big conference calls where the analysts and the large shareholders get to ask questions, and it's a conference call every three months, and the chairman sits there discussing the company and the financial statements and what's been going on lately. There was a conference call a week or two ago where some of the professional analysts were saying this is the strangest conference call they've ever been involved in in their life. He was deflecting questions. He was not answering questions, and it was kind of crazy. So you've got a company that's probably worth $100 billion, but the CEO is possibly unstable, and they probably aren't making a profit. So that's just the way it's going right now. I can't quite guarantee anything, but neither can your broker, I'm always just trying to keep you safe and keep you at least aware that there's an alternative viewpoint for these types of things. It's not always exactly what it seems. Now, I have been working lately at my tax practice on a form for a client called Offer in Compromise, and I get a lot of questions about this, so I wanted to do a little bit of filling in about what this IRS offer in compromise is all about. I'm by no means the world's leading expert. I have done quite a few. I've had them be very successful. I'll fill you in on some of the details of some of the past ones, but I'm working on one right now, and it's very interesting. But if you owe a large amount to the IRS, and if you do not have the ability to pay that amount, there is this form called the Offer in Compromise. It's IRS Form 636. It basically gives you the opportunity to reduce the amount that you will pay the IRS to settle that IRS debt. The trick is there's certain criteria that are going to mean you probably won't be able to get an offer to them accepted. But if you fit the right criteria you may be able to knock thousands and thousands of dollars off of the bill that you owe the IRS. So that's what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes after the break. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn CPA. I'll be right back after the break. Stay with me.
1: When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
2: Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies and rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, for a man age 45, non-tobacco user, it's $1 million of coverage and $75 per month level rate for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50, non-tobacco user can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110 per month, guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rate guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates available for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 1-800-862-8376. That's 1-800-862-8376. You're probably paying more than you should. Call Term Busters at 1-800-862-8376 or visit our website at termbusters.net. Remember 1-800-862-8376. Rates and availability may vary by state sample rate quotes based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Hoping you're having a great afternoon. I'm so glad you can spend a little bit of time with me. I know how busy things get. I have a hard time getting to the studio on time just to get this show going. It's just one thing leads to another when you're in business these days. And Business Buzz is all about local business and how to, number one, keep it rolling and number two, ways to save money, and number three, ways to invest your money. As far as local business, seems like the restaurants and taverns are doing very well. I've been downtown a couple of times lately, and it's been pretty crowded when I go out. I don't go out that often, but when I do, I always enjoy downtown Chico, A lot of people complain about some of the problems with the homeless and uh, various, some people feel like they're getting harassed downtown. I haven't seen it too bad, but I don't go down there late at night. I don't go at 11 or 12. I don't go at 1 a.m. So I do think about the fact that if I had a child going to college that was 18 years old and I visited various campuses, I think it would be. I honestly think it would sway my opinion of letting my child go on their own for the first time to a place like Chico if I saw a lot of crazy looking transient problems downtown. That's just my opinion. I don't judge anything. I understand that there's lots of reasons for people to not be able to afford a place to live or a way to get uh, somewhere where they can be comfortably living. But I will say that the ambience of downtown changes when there's a lot of that around. My office is on mangrove. I have noticed a definite uptick in people sleeping on mangrove. I actually had one this morning on my porch when I got to work, and this was not 6 a.m. This was more like 9 a.m. Luckily, this person was very polite. And as soon as I said, hello, they got up and said, I'm leaving. But it's still a little bit disconcerting to go to work in the daytime, let alone at night. Sometimes I have to work at night. I don't really enjoy that. I don't know what the solution is. I know some people donate to the Torres shelter and the Jesus Center, which helps, I'm sure, but I'm not an expert on this topic. But I will say that if I was checking out various campuses around the state and I noticed that one town, one campus town had a particularly bad situation with a lot of beggars and people harassing me when I walked around with my 17- or 18-year-old student child, I would think twice about sending them to a town like that. I was here in the mid-70s. That dates how old I am. We don't talk ages on Business Buzz, but that'll kind of give you an idea. And we used to have so much fun. I lived in Whitney Hall, and we would walk around downtown. We would go to the midnight movies at the El Ray Theater. We would eat. And there was never any real crime problem that I was aware of. I'm sure there was still some crime back then, but I it never It just never happened to me and my group. And it was a very pleasant experience being in Chico. But now that I look back on that, that was over 40 years ago. And I understand things have changed. I guess downtown business people would be the ones that have to be the most concerned about all that. I don't have a business technically downtown. So if they're dealing with it, if they're okay with it. I know they had a program a few years back where all the downtown businesses were kicking in some money and they were actually paying some of the displaced, I'll call them displaced persons, uh, maybe uh, residentially challenged. I'm not sure what the politically correct word for that is these days. The downtown businesses were actually chipping in together and paying these challenged people to actually do things like sweep the sidewalk or do something to clean things up. I don't know if that program is still ongoing. I'm sure the downtown business people have some sort of group together going on trying to help this problem. That's just my personal opinion of downtown Chico and its problem with that type of thing. But yeah, it was a little weird seeing somebody sleeping on my porch. It's like, you know... Uh, this is a business, and my insurance company would not be happy if they knew that was going on. So. But like I say, the person was very polite, and they left right away, and there's no real repercussions. I just, I just thought it was kind of strange. My next subject is, we were talking about that offer in compromise. I did want to go in a little bit more on that. Here's the catch. If you have enough income to pay them back over a six-year period monthly, they won't accept an offer for less. In other words, let's say that you show them that you can afford $100 a month, and let's say you owe them $7,200. Well, 100 a month for six years is 7200 so they will say, why would we bargain away? Why would we let you pay us back less than that when we know you can pay that back over the next 72 months. Don't quote me on all these exact details. I, I, I believe they go off of a 72-month period. So that would the one criteria would be if your income is too high and you could pay them back over that six-year period, they're not going to accept an offer for less because they can get the money back the way it is. The other criteria is value of assets you may own. Let's just say you owe them $20,000 but you have home equity. Let's say you have a $200,000 mortgage but your home's worth 350,000. They would rather just stick a lien on your house for the 20,000 and wait until that house sells and they'll get paid in full down the road instead of agreeing now to only let you pay 5 or 10 and not pay them the full 20. So the two things that are going to knock you out of being able to qualify for one of these IRS offer and compromise agreements. Number 1 knockout is if your income is too good. They'll say, "Well, you can just pay us by the month for 6 years and we'll get paid off." Or number 2, even if your income isn't good, if you have assets that are have a lot of equity like a home that's way over the amount of your mortgage, That's the second category of disqualification from one of these offers ending up being accepted. But if you don't have a lot of income and if you don't have a lot of net equity, especially in real estate, you very well may qualify for one of these. And it's very interesting. You show them how much you make versus how much your expenses are each month. You come down to a monthly available figure at the bottom line you multiply that figure by 12 and if you can pay that amount within i believe 5 months they might accept your offer so the person i'm working on right now the dollar amount at the end of their month with their income minus all of their expenses was something around 150 a month so that times f- i'm sorry the 150 a month times uh, 72, it ends up being an offer of around $10,000. So no matter what the IRS balance is, since they don't have equity in their home, which they don't, they're in, a, they're in a negative situation, this offer could end up actually being accepted. So they're the type that could get an accepted offer. So if you have any questions about offer and compromise, or just if you just want to chat with somebody about the potential I'm Harold Littlejohn CPA. I offer that free initial consultation. You can call me at 895-3353 and I am happy to do that free initial consultation. Maybe you qualify for an offer that could be accepted. Of course, there's never any guarantees. When it comes to the IRS, there's never a lot of guarantees but at least you can get on the right direction of whether it might work or not. I'm coming up on break number two at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
3: How are you going to get to the Sacramento airport? Use North Valley Shuttle. It's easy online at NorthValleyShuttle.com. Don't be that person who bugs their friends or family to take you. Book online right now at NorthValleyShuttle.com. North Valley Shuttle has added new departure and arrival times each week for your convenience. Serving Chico, Paradise, Oroville, Gridley, Live Oak, and Yuba City Marysville. North Valley Shuttle gets you there quickly and safely. Leave the car at home and let NorthValleyShuttle.com do the driving. License PSC 20791.
2: With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530 530-624- 624 7, 9, 4, 2.
0: Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is
2: Michael Humes, Mortgage Specialist
0: at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue, NMLS License 230273, BRE License 01250862. Employed by Network Mortgage, BRE License 184 NMLS License 358237, Equal Housing Opportunity. Welcome back to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Another lovely Chico Day, and I'm glad you are able to spend a little bit of your afternoon time with me. My next topic is this whole world of cryptocurrencies. I've talked a bit about them before. A couple of articles that I want to read to you that are interesting because they sort of lead to... There's What's happening is there's beginning to be an overall acceptance of the fact that these things are not going away. There's certain people who control our money that would love to see them go away because this is a sort of like a sidestepping around the paper currency that we've been living on for the last, oh, 47 years. Remember, I've told you the average life of a paper currency is 27 years Ours became an unbacked currency in 1971 when President Nixon took us off what's called the gold standard, and it was due to the fact that people were demanding payments in gold that I'm sure we didn't have. If we did have it, somebody had their eyes on stealing it, so uh, we basically couldn't back our dollar with gold anymore. So we're, we're at 47 years when the average currency lives for 27 years. In other words, based on all the averages, we're on borrowed time. And everything I talk about when I'm warning you about what could happen to your money, it really is always based on the fact that your accounts, your bank accounts, your investment accounts, your IRA accounts, they're based in U.S. dollars. Even if your investments don't lose dollars, if your investment stays at $1,000 value, that's not a loss. But if the dollar that it's measured in that you can cha- exchange it for goes down another five or 10% per year, you've lost five or 10%, even though it still says on your statement that that Facebook stock you own is still worth a thousand dollars. That's where you have this double problem. First, you have the problem of your stocks going way down, which is going to happen at some point. I can't, if I knew exactly when, I'd be the world's richest man. So obviously, I don't know exactly when, but it always happens and it's never different. Th- it's never different this time. The old expression, oh, it's different this time. It's never different. So this cryptocurrency is an alternative to paper money bottom line as it gets more popular it's sort of like the internet when the internet first started there was a lot of people especially i remember when the internet started i was about 38 years old in the mid 90s and i kind of jumped on it cuz i was in business and i knew you know i could streamline a few things with some offline online stuff but there were people like my parents who just were like, huh, what's the Internet? I don't like that idea, stuff like that. So, And now uh, 20, 23 years after that, we basically have 99% of all commercial transactions happening on the Internet. Uh, try going through a day without the Internet and see what happens to all the local businesses you go to. It would just be crazy. So this cryptocurrencies at this stage are kind of like the internet was at its early stage. Nobody understood it, but it turned out to be a huge sea change in the way everybody does things. Sort of like the printing press. When the Gutenberg Press came out, all of a sudden you now had ways to print paper books for people instead of having scribes hand-writing Bibles. Now you had a press that could actually print multiple copies of papers so that was another giant step over that i believe that was in the uh, 1500s or i don't know 15 something uh, i'm not i'm not a huge hist- i'm not a history major so don't quote me but i think it's been about probably 500 year 4 to 500 years since that happened so the internet was huge and people weren't aware of how big it was going to be And now they are aware how big it's going to be because it's a complete way of life. This whole cryptocurrency world is exactly the same. It's in its infancy. Most people don't understand it. I got to confess, I'm not an expert, but I'm learning what I can. It is going to be big and you might as well learn it now rather than later because there'll be a lot of people jumping ahead that are learning it now rather than later. So a couple quick articles I wanted to go over. This first one is called New Head of South Korean Financial Regulator Notes Positive Aspects of Crypto. Now you have to remember that South Korea had banned anonymous trading on domestic crypto exchanges in December of 2017. And so this says, the newly appointed governor of South Korea's Financial Supervisory Service, which would be probably like the SEC is in the U.S., the Securities and Exchange Commission. Financial Supervisory Service, FSS, said that he sees some positive aspects to cryptocurrencies in a press conference on May 6th. The governor also said the FSS will be working on crypto regulatory issues in collaboration with other regulators, local news outlet The Korea Times, Reports, better crypto regulation would produce the kind of secure financial system that makes crypto-related products more accessible. After South Korea banned anonymous trading on domestic crypto exchanges in December, rumors circulated that an all-out crypto ban in the country was imminent, a claim denied by South Korea's finance minister in January. So they did try to answer a question about how the FSS will deal with domestic crypto exchanges, instead replying that there are a lot of issues that need to be addressed and reviewed. We can figure them out, but gradually. After the non-anonymous trading ban was introduced, which also banned non-resident foreigners and South Korean citizens under 18 from trading, the only tra- the daily transactions of cryptocurrencies plummeted to around $400 billion Won from 4 trillion won before the implementing, implementation of the new regulation. So now they say they don't oppose regulations. In March of this year, South Korean government officials were banned from both trading and holding cryptocurrencies. More recently, in one of the first more friendly moves toward the crypto sphere, a group of South Korean lawmakers introduced a bill to make the domestic launch of initial coin offerings legal, albeit supervised strictly by the Ministry of Science and the Foreign Services Commission, which directs the FSS. Okay, so what this article is saying is that here's a country that basically tried to ban cryptos just a few months ago, and now they're already allowing it back with some regulations. It's kind of like double-secret probation from Dean Wormer, if anybody remembers that famous movie from the late 70s. So that's what I'm saying is that no matter what these governments want to ban, they can't ban everything. They can't avoid what's coming. It's like trying to avoid the tsunami when it's already coming. You can't avoid it. Now the other article I want to talk about is called Bitcoin Goes Physical. Swiss Startup Launches Pilot Sale of BTC banknotes. Now, BTC is the abbreviation for Bitcoin on all the exchanges where people buy and sell these Bitcoins. So, Tangem, T-A-N-G-E-M, a startup operating from Switzerland and Singapore, has launched a pilot sale of physical notes of Bitcoin, according to a press release published May 3rd. Tangem Notes described in the press release as smart banknotes with a chip developed by Samsung, reportedly allow consumers to physically carry Bitcoin stored in denominations of 0.01. And that's about $96 at the moment. I'm coming up on break number three. We'll be right back with a little more crypto news and a little extra news I've got for you today about a subject called the two worlds. I hope you'll stay with me for the two worlds and for a little bit of crypto news. I'll be right back with Business Buzz. Stay tuned.
1: People who care. We do the job right so you can sleep tight. Just know when we're there. We've got the best in quality with Lennox High Efficiency for heating and air. Just call Royal Land. So call Royal Lab. Yeah, we'll show you we care. we service done right all day and all night. Our prices are fair. Call anytime. Our estimate's free. We're number one, so now you can see. Oh, heating and air, just call Royal Air. So don't take chances. Go with the best. Number one in the North Valley, Royal Air Heating and Air Conditioning. On the web at WeCareRoyalAir.com or call us at 899-9999. Shoot. Shoot. Shoot.
3: What's the matter?
1: My GPS just told me to turn right, but there wasn't a road there. Oh. And now it keeps telling me to make a U-turn.
3: FEMA says you should always have a map on hand for emergencies, in times like right now.
1: Yeah, I could use one, because my GPS only shows me where I am. And sometimes I need to see more of the area. I'll buy one when we get back.
3: Oh, you don't gotta buy one they got great new maps out from Mass Marketing, and, and you can get one for free.
1: Do I have to give my email address or sit through a presentation or something?
3: No, just stop by any of these businesses that sponsor them. Auto Stop 114 Orchard Drive in Chico, Valley Lock and Safe at 1405 Mangrove Avenue, or Skyway Self Storage, 2520s in LOA in Chico. And always check out KKXX Radio for a big stack of maps.
1: Oh, I drive past them all the time.
3: Now, go to where the road splits and turn left, and the center's right on the right.
1: You think you just know everything, don't you?
3: I'm just saying.
2: Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat, and I'm doing a downward dog, and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. How do you not love him? Hamilton the Pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm your host, Harold Littlejohn CPA. I'm so glad you can spend a little of your afternoon with me. I was just talking about Bitcoin going physical. This is that cryptocurrency world that I'm trying to warn you about. And this was where these physical Bitcoin notes with chips in them that are worth about one one hundredth of a Bitcoin, which right now is around... $96 or so, oh, and point oh five, which would be worth about $480. The first pilot batch consisting of 10,000 notes will be shipped from Singapore to potential partners and distributors around the world. According to the press release, the idea behind creating physical notes of Bitcoin was in part to increase the ease of spending crypto, improving the simplicity and security of acquiring owning and circulating cryptocurrencies. Singapore has developed a reputation as a hub for cryptocurrency and blockchain development in Asia. Recently the Singapore FinTech Association and the FinTech Association of Japan signed a memorandum of understanding to collaborate on FinTech development. Now FinTech just means financial technology. Additionally, China and Singapore completed a shipment of gasoline entirely using blockchain technology in early April. Now keep in mind, blockchain technology is the basis for these cryptocurrency coins. In March of this year, Singapore's central bank reaffirmed its commitment to using blockchain for cross-border payments. Now, that's a very short article and here's what's going on. I'm telling you this because here we have countries around the world. You won't hear this on your local news. You won't hear it on Fox or CNN. The rest of the world is embracing this whole blockchain cryptocurrency world and avoiding U.S. dollars. Here we go. Almost everything I've talked about warning you about your own portfolio, your own wealth, has been based on... The fact that your money is in dollars. Everything going on around the world, other than what you hear on CNN, Fox, and MSNBC, is anti dollar. Everything Chinese, Russian, Brazil, they're all starting to use different currencies to trade with. The petrodollar is dying. The reason we have the world's reserve currency is in the 1970s, we've, we faked a oil shortage and convinced everybody that they had to trade oil in U.S. dollars. And it's been that way for over 40 years. It's all changing. All of these other countries want out of this system, and they're going to do it. The problem is, is by the time you and I are notified of this, it's going to be too late. It's sort of like how I felt when I saw in November that Bitcoin was twelve dollars or $13,000 and I could have bought a Bitcoin for a penny nine years ago. This is where we are. We're not being told the information we need. That's why I'm here on Business Buzz trying to help you. Now, that's enough about cryptos. That's enough about business. Well, it's not enough about business because... When you think about it, everyone's in business. Even if your job is earning wages from a, an employer that's paying you, you're still in the business of negotiating your labor for that paycheck. So uh, we can't say that anybody's not in business just because they aren't self-employed. They're still in business. Well, one of my side businesses is my book called The Miracle Business Method. And it is... L- It has a lot to do with a book. I mean, it's been inspired, I'll say, by a book called A Course in Miracles. And it's not The Course in Miracles. It's called A Course in Miracles. I've been studying it almost 10 years now, daily. It's still my favorite book. I go to it pretty much on a daily basis if I'm not actually listening to a CD of the audio book. I'm reading it, I'm reviewing it, I'm practicing the workbook for the second or third time. It's a very interesting book. Uh, Some people love it, some people don't. I'm going to read you one of my favorite passages from it, and if it resonates with you, it might be something you'd be interested in looking into. I've had some people that I've kind of turned on to this book and that became their life just like it became my my. Uh, I won't say it became my life because I'm still a full-time CPA with a family and all that. But as far as my spare time and my reading time, it became most of that part of my life. If it resonates with you, I encourage you to pick up a copy. Uh, The copy I'm looking at, I got sometimes at Barnes & Noble. They're in the uh, discount section for like $12.99 it's a book that's it's basically like a Bible. It's got a little uh, blue uh, bookmarking uh, ribbon on it, and uh, that's the way it's built. But you can also go online if you're a Nook or a Kindle person. I'm sure it's on Kindle also. I've got a Nook version of it. So I'm going to read you a section called The Two Worlds. It's on page 461 of the text in case you have one and want to read along. But that's the way I'd like to finish today's program. It always makes me feel good to review this. In case I run right up to the end, I'll remind you again, my name's Harold Littlejohn, CPA. You can contact me, 895 I am happy to offer a free initial consultation. And I can also be a good second opinion on anything financial. I'm not a financial planner. I'm not an attorney. But I've seen a lot of things. I've read a lot of things. And a second opinion never really hurts. At least it might wake you up to to another way of looking at some of your items that you might not have been paying attention to enough. Okay, so I'm just going to read for a few minutes here about the two worlds, and I will talk with you next time. You have been told to bring the darkness to the light and guilt to holiness. Now, before we get too biblical, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt right here. Don't forget, I've said this before, a miracle is a correction. And this entire book is based on the fact that you have two parts of your mind. One is the part that's in the world and always thinking about the past. The other part is when you stop thinking and you're in that present moment and you're able to observe those other thoughts. That's the other side of your mind. That's the other world. And this entire book, is solely based on trying to get you to decide to use that side of your mind instead of the time-bound side. So that's where these two worlds come from. So I wanted to clarify that, and if someone had told me that when I started reading this book, I think it would have saved a year of confusion. So remember, a miracle is a correction, and the entire goal of this course, which is the goal of the of the book is is laid out as peace of mind, but the entire goal of the course is to get you to use that other side of your mind, the one that observes the chattering side of your mind. Okay. I'm going to go back and go through this one more time. The two worlds you have been told to bring darkness to the light and guilt to holiness. And you have also been told that error must be corrected at its source. Therefore it is the tiny part of yourself, The little thought that seems split off and separate the Holy Spirit needs. The rest is fully in God's keeping and needs no guide. Yet this wild and delusional thought needs help because in its delusions, it thinks it is the Son of God, whole and omnipotent, sole ruler of the kingdom it set apart to tyrannize by madness into obedience and slavery. This is the little part you think you stole from heaven. Give it back to heaven. Heaven has not lost it, but you have lost sight of heaven. Let the Holy Spirit remove it from the withered kingdom in which you set it off, surrounded by darkness, guarded by attack, and reinforced by hate. Within its barricades is still a tiny segment of the Son of God, complete and holy, serene and unaware of what you think surrounds it. Be you not separate. For the one who does surround it has brought union to you, returning your little offering of darkness to the eternal light. How is this done? It is extremely simple, being based on what this little kingdom really is. The barren sands, the darkness, and the lifelessness are seen only through the body's eyes. Its bleak sight is distorted, and the messages it transmits to you who made it to limit your awareness are little and limited, and so fragmented they are meaningless. From the world of bodies, made by insanity, insane messages seem to be returned to the mind that made it. And these messages bear witness to this world pronouncing it as true. For you sent forth these messengers to bring this back to you. Everything these messages relay to you is quite external. There are no messages that speak of what lies underneath, for it is not the body that could speak of this. Its eyes perceive it not, its senses remain quite unaware of it. Its tongue cannot relay its messages. Yet God can bring you there if you are willing to follow the Holy Spirit through seeming terror, trusting him not to abandon you and leave you there. For it is not his purpose to frighten you, but only yours.' You are severely tempted to abandon him at the outside ring of fear, but he would lead you safely through and far beyond. The circle of fear lies just below the level the body sees and seems to be the whole foundation on which the world is based. Here are all the illusions, all the twisted thoughts, all the insane attacks, the fury, the vengeance and betrayal that were made to keep the guilt in place so that the world could rise from it and keep it hidden. Its shadow rises to the surface enough to hold its most external manifestations in darkness and to bring despair and loneliness to it and keep it joyless. Yet its intensity is veiled by its heavy coverings and kept apart from what was made to keep it hidden. The body cannot see this, for the body arose from this for its protection which depends on keeping it not seen. The body's eyes will never look on it, yet they will see what it dictates. The body will remain guilt's messenger and will act as it directs, as long as you believe that guilt is real. For the reality of guilt is the illusion that seems to make it heavy and opaque, impenetrable, and a real foundation for the ego's thought system. Its thinness and transparency are not apparent until you see the light behind it, and then you see it as a fragile veil before the light. This heavy seeming barrier, this artificial floor that looks like rock, is like a bank of low dark clouds that seem to be a solid wall before the sun. Its impenetrable appearance is wholly an illusion. It gives way softly to the mountaintops that rise above it and has no power at all to hold back anyone willing to climb above it and see the sun. It is not strong enough to stop a button's fall nor hold a feather. Nothing can rest upon it, for it is but an illusion of a foundation. Try but to touch it and it disappears. Attempt to grasp it and your hands hold nothing." Yet in this cloud bank it is easy to see a whole world rising. A solid mountain range, a lake, a city, all rise in your imagination and from the clouds the messengers of your perception return to you assuring you that it is there. Figures stand out and move about, actions seem real and forms appear and shift from loveliness to the grotesque and back and forth they go as long as you would play the game of children's make-believe. Yet however long you play it, and regardless of how much imagination you bring to it, you do not confuse it with the world below, nor seek to make it real. Well, we're coming up on that end of the show today. I'm glad you were able to listen to part of that chapter. I want to reiterate that this book is incredible in that whether or not you believe every bit of it, and I'm still learning every time I read it, it offers a very good way to look at things and a very good problem-solving method of gaining a little bit of peace of mind when you have one of those days where nothing seems to go right. So I would encourage you to at least look into A Course in Miracles, maybe read about it online, maybe download it if you have a Nook or a Kindle, but I find it very comforting and very interesting And like I said, with a few tips, you can really get off to a good start. I'm Harold Littlejohn CPA. So much thanks for you sticking with me for the hour. I'll see you next time on Business Buzz. Have a great rest of your afternoon. It seems like every day I'm asked about
3: vitamin D in the sun.
0: The main question being, how much sunlight do I need to expose myself to get an adequate level of vitamin D? So my answer is simply, use your head. need. need to, and consult your primary care physician if you think you might be deficient in vitamin D. I'm Dr. Paul Sabin, and that's The Skin You're In.
3: If you have skin care questions, make an appointment today with Dr. Paul Sabin of North Valley Dermatology. Call Dr. Paul Sabin today at 342-3686. Again, that's 342-3686. By constantly keeping their radio dial locked in right here Our
0: listeners experience a difference in their day
3: You wake up with God on your mind And um, all through the day, as much as I can get a chance I'm listening to the radio The atmosphere that you create determines the product that you'll produce And so through the course of your day You start your day with the presence of God So that your day will be productive And you, know, you can do the will of God and have a clear mind in doing it Life Radio, KKXX AM and FM.